From Be Still Be Free, it's the Bcast with Sarah Godey, Monica Steely, and Amber Miller. We're excited to announce the launch of a small group Bible study called Be Together. Be Together is a discussion-driven study focusing on creating close-knit unity among women and encouraging them to delve deeper into God's Word. For more resources and information about the Bible study or this episode, please visit www.bestillbefree.com. And welcome to the Bcast. My name is Amber Miller, and I'm here today with Monica Steely and Sarah Godey. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. Thanks for joining me today. We are in week two, three, three. Yes. week three of Be Missional. Um, and last build. week, would you say? And built. Be and, missional and built. Oh, I'm be missional and built. See, I didn't even know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we are. We've been on a roll with the. Um, with the interviews and having special yes. guests. We had yes. an amazing guest last week. Um, I think we all just gained so much wisdom. Still from having, just processing. Yes, mm-hmm. having Pam on the show. She's so awesome. And this week we have another special guest. Like, how lucky are we? This is so great. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah, would you tell us a little bit about our next guest? I will. So Monica and I were fortunate to go to a bloggers conference called Alum. And it was my first experience there, and um, it was just overwhelming at the number of ministries that were represented, um, offering information about their ministry. They sell things, um, how you can get involved, and I love stuff like that. I just love walking through it. One of my big things is buying Mm T-shirts and wearing T-shirts now that advocate for different missions and ministries. Shining Light was one of the tables that was there and um, went up and just chatted a little bit with some of the gals that were working their table. And uh, Monica and I began to think how really fun it could be if we had some of these ministries on our podcast. And so I struck up a conversation. And um, the cool thing about Kija is that she followed up with me. You know, we kind of went on our little holiday sabbatical and kind of dropped off the face of the earth a little bit. (laughs) We took time to be still so we could be free. That's right. We were being obedient to our very mission at CORE. And um, anyways, Keisha just kept following up with me. And I just have, I love what they do. I love what she does. And I didn't know that I was going to love her as much as I have fallen in love with her. But she wrote an article for Encourage, which is another wonderful ministry, Mm. and shared that article with us just to prepare for today. And I know that God works in amazing ways because he knew I didn't know her story. He knew that we didn't know each other. He knew that I didn't know her journey and where she's at in life. And yet he specifically orchestrated this because her story is so in line with the idea of being still and knowing Mm -hmm. that he is God. But at the same time, while she's being still in his knowledge and knowing him, she's also having a huge impact Mm. on women abroad. And I think what she doesn't know is even just women at home. Mm-hmm. And so Keisha, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what you do, what Shining Light is, um, just kick us off. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, so my name is Keisha and um, I actually live in Colorado right now. I'm 
29 years old and um, married to my husband. We've been married for three years, um, and we actually met overseas. We met in Pakistan oh, back cool. in 2007. Yeah, so it's really fun to be married to someone that shares my love for Pakistan and the world. And um, yeah, we're actually pregnant with our first baby. Yay! And yeah, we're so excited about that. And yeah, I'm moving into a new season. But we, um, I work for an organization called Shining Light International, as Sarah mentioned, and we're based in northern Pakistan. And um, we work with some of the most oppressed communities in northern Pakistan and really just um, partner with them to provide um, education, vocational training skills, and community development, and um, really just want to partner with them to help them thrive and become all that they were created to be when they might not otherwise have the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So so tell us a little bit of your story, how you, because you were in Pakistan before you got hooked up with Shining Light, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's actually where I met them. Um, so I, as soon as I graduated from college, I really felt, um, a call to missions when I was in college, um, actually the first semester of my freshman year. Um, and I had called my parents and told them I was dropping out of college. And I was <laughs> they said, no, you're not. So <laughs> you're going to finish what you started and you'll be fine. And, um, so I just really kind of hunkered down and spent those four years feeling like I was preparing and training and, um, I studied political science and world religions, anything that I could study these countries that I wanted to be in. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I graduated from college, um, I went to China and I did kind of an underground um, missions training course wow. um, where you do like three months of training and then they place you in another country for three months um, as an outreach. And so um, they had a contact in northern Pakistan who who happened to now be my directors, Mike and Robin Gordon, for Shining Light. And they were um, running this organization in northern Pakistan, um, starting schools, trying to bless the community. Um, and they needed two women to go out to a remote village and live there for three months to make relationships with these people in this community. And so I just jumped at that opportunity. I said, I'll go. And... Um, Traveled overland from central China. It took seven days to oh, get there. Wow. And uh, they dropped me and my girlfriend off in this village for three months where I taught wow. English in a little Muslim girls' school. And um, so that was my first interaction with Shining Light. I was working in partnership with them and getting to, to know their vision and um, just their mission and really what an impact they're making in um, such – a dark place, honestly. Mm. I mean, they're beautiful people, but um, there is a lot of oppression, especially against women and girls. And mm. um, yeah, my time in the village um, back in 2007 was just unreal. It felt like it was a dream. It was the most beautiful place I'd ever been and um, just got to spend hours with my students, these young girls and, you know, just dreaming about life and hearing their hearts and how they were created and getting to encourage them in that. And um when I left the country, it just absolutely broke my heart, <laughs> and I wanted to live and die there. I never wanted to leave, mm. and um, it was leaving the village when I met my husband, so I guess I was supposed to, but <laughs> what, what, <laughs> it's really can, hard. So. If I can interject for just a second, what made, yeah. what like, what was God doing that brought you to a time to leave? Like, what were the circumstances, what were the circumstances surrounding you leaving in the first place? 
Well, I just had a three-month placement there, so okay. that was my my time commitment. And also, at the time, you really could only get um, about 90-day visas mm -hmm. anyway. And so, and I had a plane ticket. I thought about just leaving it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was just time. So I think when we talk about being missional, um, and we talked about this a little bit last week, that when God kind of reveals something to you or you feel like you're gifted in an area or you have a passion for something, then you have a I want it now kind of mindset. And you think that you should have it now, that if God's given you these these um, foreknowledges and the giftings to go with them, then why wouldn't he just open that door immediately for you to walk mm -hmm. through that door and give you that platform Um and what's yep. even harder is when he doesn't do that, but he's doing it for what looks like other people. And you have to sit and watch other people being able to do the things that you want to do. The waiting or the being still can mm -hmm. really, really be a painful process. And so you wrote in the um, blog article that you did for Encourage about your six-year hiatus. Talk to me a little bit about the turmoil and the growth and the um, just being on your face before God experience that you had during that time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was um, the six years after I came back. Um, I really, I didn't go into quite as much detail on my blog, but basically, I spent the first year or two back um, fighting tooth and nail to get back. Mm. <laughs> um, I thought it was, you know, this was my calling, and it was up to me to make it happen and to get back overseas. And I did other training schools, and I pursued other things, but um, really, it just it wasn't working out. And so I spent the next six years, you know, there was a lot of factors involved, you know, whether it was um, the political situation in Pakistan or our financial situation, or, you know, I, I was dating my husband and we got married and we were trying to get our feet on the ground. There was a lot of factors, but, um, yeah, basically for six years, I felt like I couldn't go back to the place that God had called me to. And I, it was, torture. I feel like, um, I, I feel bad because I feel like a lot of those years I spent just crying and weeping and, you know, it was our newlywed years and I was so happy, but my heart just longed to be there. Mm. And I didn't understand because I felt like God had, you know, branded my heart is how I put it is I really felt yes. like he took a branding iron to my heart for these people. But then he, I felt that it was, that he wasn't allowing me to be there. And when I was trying so hard and, you know, I kind of had this battle between blaming myself, um, feeling like it was up to me to get there and to make it happen. Um, and then also blaming God, to be honest. And I felt like, you know, he was punishing me or, you know, I just wrestled with that for so long. And, um, just a really hard season of feeling like my dreams were kind of dying and my light was going out and I was really trying to just be content um, where I was and then feeling guilty that I wasn't content. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle, yeah. isn't it? It is right. a vicious cycle. In fact, cycle. I, I want to read because your words are so beautiful. You say, I felt that God had taken a branding iron to my heart so that I would never forget, never be the same. Yet I wasn't able to do the very thing I longed to do. I've, it felt like my own light had gone out and that I wasn't being allowed to shine in the way I had longed. I still don't understand a lot about that season of waiting. But what I do know is that there was purpose in it and that my dreams are safe with God. He did allow me to go back and in a more beautiful way than I could have ever imagined. Mm. And I would say, you know, part of this, I think, is because you are in your 20s. I'm not going to lie. And I think Monica would agree <laughs> with that. Pam was our speaker last week. She was in her 50s. There's things. We, we had this conversation with Amber. We talked about this in the last, last recording, week. too. Um, <laughs> you know, even though we're only... 
13, 15 years older than you and Amber, there's a lot, a lot of life Mm -hmm. that you live in those 13, you know, 15 years and raising your kids and, and being able to see God's handwork more than you could have ever imagined. And, um, you all come from a generation of women who really want to change the world. And Mm -hmm. there's, every woman struggles with the, I want it now concept. Um, Mm -hmm. but what is so great is that you've been able to see even just it, in your late 20s, how those six years of a hiatus so where God says to be still and know that I'm God, right? The, the premise is to mm-hmm. be still. The promise is that you'll know him. And so in your stillness, he began to reveal to you more of what your mission was really going to look like. And so you were able to go back with your husband. You went, I think you went back to the same village. And mm-hmm. when you came back, you had a, a, a kind of an epiphany or a change of heart. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, basically, you know, when I went, when God did bring us back, um, in 2013, I, I thought it was going to be kind of this fulfillment, um, in a way. And surprisingly it wasn't, um, it was just this incredible awareness of, um, what he has gifted me in and what I, um, that I can actually, what, what happened is when we went and I got, you know, I was working with Shining Light again and seeing their needs being newly established in the United States. And they had all of these needs, um, for writing and blogging and telling the stories and advocating here in the United States. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's what I've spent the last six years doing and learning these skills. And, you know, that's what I learned in my college degree. And I just started realizing that it was a perfect fit. And, um, you know, when I came back, um, I just realized, yeah, I'm in the United States, but I can absolutely use my gifts and use what he's given me and what he's sewed into me in these last years of, of waiting um, to actually make a bigger impact than if I was actually living there. And mm-hmm. um, I guess I, yeah, I really, I thought that I had to live and die in a village to fulfill the call to missions. Mm-hmm. Um but I realized that, you know, my circumstances didn't change my call. If I was in, mm. if I was in Colorado, it didn't mean that I was any less called to Pakistan or to missions um, than if I was there. And so I thought, you know, really this is up to me to decide what am I going to do from right here to walk in that calling. And, um, you know, he'd been ordaining my life all the way up to that point um, to be able to do it and to have the gifts needed and... Um, yeah, the cool thing is, I guess, the the realization that I had, um, the really beautiful piece, I guess, that he gave me is that um, I don't see it as second best. You know, I don't see mm. it as, oh, I'm just, yeah, I guess I'm here, so what can I do from here, if that's all God will give me. Like, I see this as the whole fulfillment of what he was planning to do all along, mm. and um I really don't feel like it's second best. I feel like this makes so much sense that this is what he was leading me to all along. I love it. I'm going to read what you said. You said, after that summer, I decided that if I couldn't actually live in Pakistan, Pakistan, I would fully devote myself to the work there no matter where I was. I could stop waiting for what circumstances I thought needed to be in place for me to be effective but I would do everything that I could to fuel the work from right where God placed me. Mm. And I love that because I think so many times as women, we're trying to change our place. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying yes. to change from being the wife or the mom or the even the career woman. You know, there are women who have to work and, and um, 
God's placed them there for a reason, but we're constantly trying to change our place when really we don't have to change our place. We have to change our perspective about where we are and what we can do from where we are. And I know it still is a struggle for you not to be there um, doing life with these girls, right? Yep. (laughs) I know that's where your heart is, but um, you also had written, and that's the deepest longing of my heart above being with those girls or having the adventure of living overseas. I want to shine my brightest for the Lord and his glory. So that that means I will write and I will speak and I will network for the sake of more girls knowing him and what they were created for and for more glory for my Jesus than I will shine where I am. Mm, I love that. And what, um, what, occurs to me is this came up with Pam last week and you know we couldn't have known that this would kind of be a theme but it comes back to surrender and being willing to surrender our interpretation of what God's call is to accept his definition of it and like you had written um, Mm -hmm. I shine most effectively when I'm operating in what the Lord has gifted me in and made me for and it's just like you said the circumstances didn't change that the location didn't change that and we um, had talked in week one about how being missional does not require a passport. And I think mm. your story is a perfect example of that oh, because yeah. it did it did require a passport in the beginning and now it doesn't, but it's no mm-hmm. less the call. So um, I don't know. I think that's a, something for to think about and to take away is, is being missional requiring a surrender on our part. Yeah, mm. because yeah. it may not look the way we want it to look. And I think, you know, when we talked to Keisha the first time, Um, you know, I am older than you and yet your story still even resonates with me because your missions change in seasons. And I think that women struggle with that sometimes in knowing that there are seasons to our missions and Mm -hmm. with each mission you go through, where do I belong? Where do I not belong? Am I doing what I, all I can do? Am I doing enough? And Pam had talked about last week where she finally just threw herself before God and said, all I can do is my very best and I have to leave the rest up to God. Mm -hmm. And, um, we have to do that. I think, what would you say, like if you were to encourage someone else, especially maybe in their twenties, what's your encouragement to women as they try to identify their mission? (laughs) Yeah, I think, Probably that you're not going to die at 30. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I feel like, you know, in my 20s, I felt like I had to save the world and I had to do it right now. And and that I only have this short window. But just giving yourself, um, I think that urgency is a gift from God and that like youthful zeal is meant to be used for him. But just to give yourself grace and patience in the process um, and really just to want him more than you want um, to be effective for him or Mm. yeah more than you want the the call or the life or the the story that a book could be written about I think to want him more than it all and um it will all fall into place (laughs) girl you are wise beyond your years Mm -hmm. and you don't you don't even know it and, and you totally, totally are. God has got a hand on you and he is using you in ways that you don't even know. And that was what was kind of fun about this because when we first thought about doing this, it was really going to be more about shining light and we're going to tap into that next. But what I love is that you have such a relational story that there's just no way not to share it with our listeners and to make sure that 
we link your uh, blog post for Encourage onto our blog, and it's going to resonate. And again, it's going to resonate to a lot of those 20 year olds that feel like they're called to change the world, but God knows that there's a pregnancy right around the corner. And you want to talk about <laughs> mission? Yeah. I mean, y'all are about to embark on the biggest <laughs> missions of your life. You want to talk about self sacrifice? <laughs> Surrender. We're here for you, okay? We, we don't have to record it. We're here for you. So, you know, in talking though about shining light, um, one of the things that we feel for some women is that they don't um, they don't know how to find ministries. And I think that we, uh, for some of us who are, are kind of created more for being mission-minded and, and we love ministry, uh, it's easy for us to find those things. You know, um, it's interesting to us in this circle that there are people who don't know what encourage is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but there are people who will be listening to this who will not know what encourage is and mm-hmm. we'll be able to, to expose them and introduce them to that. Um, you know, they may not be bloggers. They, they, they may have a different skill set and they don't know how to find ministries to be a part of. I want you to tell us a little bit about Shining Light and how people can get involved, how they can be supportive. What do you all do? Um, I know that you have things that you all sell. I think you do some some parties. Like, tell me, tell me mm-hmm. just give us the lowdown. Yeah, sure. Um, so our three main programs in Pakistan um, are mostly focused on education um, for children and then uh, vocational training for women. Um, the the communities that we work in are um, very, there's a low, very low level of education. Um, some of the villages, we work in a remote village community um, among a nomadic people group called the Gujars. And um, up until a few years ago, they were about 98 to 99% illiterate. They had never mm. had a history of education. Um, in the history of their people, and they also don't believe in educating their girls. And so we've partnered with these communities. We meet with the village leaders um, and the local imams, and we we work with them to start schools, and particularly to um, get the girls in school. So um, one of our huge initiatives um, is called the Invest in Her campaign. Um, we support every girl that we put in school in these nomadic villages. Um, they actually go to school in tents, which is really cool. They, um, we've hired teachers to travel with them so that as they're moving to the high pastures in the warmer yeah. months of the year, the kids can stay in school year round. That's and, um, awesome. Yeah, it's so exciting. And they're, you know, learning um, how to read and write in their own language. And um, we're really just kind of breaking new ground in, among these people groups. And um, we're working to put these girls in school, but we pay for every every child and every girl um, that we place in school. And so, so awesome. yeah, it's it's so fun. And we've seen um, over 250 girls put in these villages um, in school for the first time. And we have over 500 kids and we're going into two new villages this year. And so we have this Invest in Her campaign where people can um, sign up to sponsor a girl. It only takes $12 a month to put a girl in school. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, t- we say $12 a month for 12 months can change the entire future of a little girl. Oh. Um, it can keep her from um, – it's very common for little girls to be married um, around 10 years old, 9 oh, to 11 gosh. years old. So keeping them in school is a huge priority for us, and it really, truly does change their life. So that's one way, but um, 
Another really fun way that kind of ties in one of our other programs is um, we have this Women's Vocational Training Center in the city, in the main town that we work in. And um, we put women through a year-long training program where they learn how to sew, knit, and embroider. And then when they graduate from the program, they receive a sewing machine so they can start wow. their own business. That is yeah. so great. I mean, yeah, it's it's so great because most of these women are illiterate and have no economic opportunities. And, um, you know, for the first time, they can start their own business and contribute to their household income. And um, if they don't want to start their own business, they can also come and work for us. Mm -hmm. um, we have a manufacturing center where we're making these adorable infinity scarves and kimonos and purses, and we're selling them here in the United States. And... And so one of the programs that we've started that is just so fun for women to jump on board with and, and share with their friends, you know, maybe if you're a stay-at-home mom or just don't have a lot of time, um, it's really fun because maybe you like to have parties. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can host a party. Um, we call them scarf parties. And we send you this whole kit. We send you um, about 25 infinity scarves. Um, every single one is different. Um, and... We send you a video about the girls' education program in the remote villages. And you invite all your friends. You set up the scars in cute ways. You can have themed parties. Um, you share a little bit about what's happening in Pakistan, these um, nomadic schools. And all the proceeds from people buying the scarves um, goes directly to putting more girls in school. Mm, um, about every scarf that's sold keeps a girl in school for a month. And so it's just a mm -hmm. way for women, you know, where they're at to make a huge impact. They could potentially send 25 girls to school by hosting a party with their friends and shopping. <laughs> and so it's awesome. awesome. really fun. Yeah. That's great. Well, um, we will put all of the information for them to be able to find out more about Shining Light and, and also you and contact information so that if anyone listening wants to get involved in, in this mission, mm -hmm. then they're going to be able to have all those uh, resources and information at their fingertips. And I think that we're going to do a giveaway. Is that correct? Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. So um, I would love to just give away one of these infinity scarves that um, the women have made in Pakistan. They're made mm -hmm. by um, the fabrics from their local bazaar and they're just beautiful and infinity scarves are, you know, so cool right now. So um, yeah, I would love to give one away to one of your listeners. So what we'll do is, is Monica will have all of that information on the blog. We'll probably do it comment-driven. Yeah, we'll do, like, the raffle copter like we've done yeah. before. There'll be different ways to enter, and we'll have a picture of it. And That'll be fantastic. And maybe that'll so turn cool. into a party. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe giving away okay. a scarf will be a party scarf. Um, well, listen, That's Keisha, good. I just want to thank you so much for sharing time with us today and um, being transparent with your story, because I'm sure that you don't still feel like you have it quite all figured out. But oh, no. just your transparency and um, obedience mm -hmm. to Jesus is really beautiful, and we need more of it, um, and not, not allowing yourself to feel down that you're not doing all that you should be doing, but that you're doing all that you can where Jesus has called you at this time in your life. So thanks so much for that. We really appreciate it. Yes. Oh, so thank inspiring. You guys. All right. Well, Monica, you want to pray us out? Yeah, I will. 
Lord, thank you so much for um, the opportunity to hear Keisha's story. And we, first and foremost, just um, we lift up Pakistan. We lift up the girls that they're ministering to. And we just pray that you would continue to open doors that can only be opened by you and make provisions for these precious, precious daughters that you love so, so much. And I pray for Shining Light that you would continue to give them all the resources that they need to um, continue to pour out love and education and uh, just favor all over those people. We pray for Keisha, for her precious baby. And we just thank you for the opportunity to open our eyes to things that you are doing, not just here, but abroad as well. And just show us opportunities, how we can plug in to be a part of doing what you're doing in the kingdom. And we just ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks, Keisha. Thanks for listening to the Bcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love to have you review it on iTunes. Your reviews and ratings make it easier for others to come across our podcasts. And we'd love to hear from you on Facebook or Twitter. Hit us up at Be Still Be Free. And for details on our Bible studies or other resources, please visit www.bestillbefree.com.